What do you suppose the prayer of an inmate is like? Let me just go with me for a second here. What if you were arrested today and you were taken down to the jailhouse and booked and, and your clothes were traded in for an orange jumpsuit and they put you in a cell? What do you think your prayer would be? Would you pray? Hey, welcome everybody to Choir Talks. I'm glad you've joined us today. We're reading today from the first chapter of Colossians where Paul, who is a prisoner, uh, is making a prayer. And we're going to learn from that prayer. It, Paul writes the book of Colossians to a church in Colossae that he has never um, seen. He's never seen these people. He did not start this church himself. He started a church nearby in Ephesus. And that church spilled over to create new believers in Colossae. And then... Um, then this church sprang up, and Paul became aware of it while he was in, in prison, and he wrote back this beautiful letter to the Colossians. Um, he doesn't have a, a direct relationship with anybody there that we know of, but he feels a direct kinship with them because they're on the same mission together to spread the kingdom of God. So in the first chapter, um, he, writes, he writes a prayer. It's the prayer of an inmate for free people. Um, I work with some prison inmates, um, so this idea sticks out to me. When I, when I find scriptures like this, I'm always reading them and reminding them that Paul was a prisoner, and I'm, I'm encouraging them to do what they can on the outside, which is to pray for the people that they know on the outside. Even though they're in prison, they can have a ministry of prayer. But you probably are thinking, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not a prisoner, maybe never have been. But, you know, I think all of us at some time in our life feel constrained. Um, we feel maybe hopeless to affect uh, the people that we love that are, that are far away from us. And, uh, and so here, let's learn from the prayer of Paul for those who are far away. Paul is, is, feels paternal towards them. He's like a spiritual grandfather, even though he didn't start the church um, it started through his ministry, and, and so um, he's writing back this, this prayer to them. Here's the first sentence. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Boy, Paul, in those run-on sentences, that's a long sentence. Let's kind of just break it down a little bit here. First of all, uh, the first phrase he says, we always thank God. Um, when I read, read this phrase, it sounded so familiar to me, and I just began to flip back through some of the other letters that Paul had written. And I find in the first chapter of Philippians, in the first chapter of Ephesians, and 1 Corinthians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, all of these letters that he has written, um, all of them mention that Paul is praying for the people involved and he's praying with thanks or he's giving thanks to the Father as he prays for them. Obviously, thanking God is an essential part of Paul's prayer life. And, and I'm looking for clues as I'm reading Paul's letter about how this great man of faith, this great man of God, how, how he prayed. What does his prayer life look like so that my prayer life can grow as I learn from that? And so what I see here is that Paul never skips giving thanks to God, um, not only for the blessings that are in his life, but over and over in these letters, he's thanking God for what is happening in the lives of other believers. I need to do that more. 
God has given me opportunities to have relationships with with many believers uh, here in in my town and and uh, and even around the world. Um, and from different experiences, God has put me in the lives of different believers, and I, I see that it's important to express thanks to God for uh, who they are and what what they are doing. So, reading on here in his in his prayer, he says. Um, that this true gospel um, has come to you in the same way. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. I liked that phrase. I underlined that when I was reading this this week, um, that just as a reminder that the gospel is, is growing throughout the whole world. I know I've rep- referenced my trip to Columbia a couple of times in these podcasts, but it really made an impact on me. And I just hear when I read this in the scripture, I mean, it just reminds me that um, that the, the gospel and the kingdom of God is advancing rapidly in, in Colombia. Um, and there are people there who just, their passion for Jesus is just white hot, and their passion to tell people about Jesus uh, is motivating them to, to be on mission. Um, sometimes I feel like the culture around me is, is growing colder to the gospel, honestly. Um, sometimes I see that the church is a, is a source of ridicule, and... Um, and sometimes it's harder maybe to see around us uh, what God is doing. But let me ensure you that in places where you and I maybe have never been, that the kingdom of God is advancing. It is advancing, and it is this unstoppable force that, um, that is powered by the Holy Spirit. And it's growing through the beautiful lives of our brothers and sisters around the world. Skipping ahead a couple of verses to verse 9, because here's the guts of, of what Paul prays. <clears throat> so he says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Time out just a second. He says, we've not stopped praying for you. That, well, that just really speaks to me of Paul's commitment to these people. He's got churches all over that he has visited. There's so many people that have come through his ministry, and yet... Uh, he is, is praying for all of them in an unceasing kind of uh, approach to it. So he says, I've not stopped praying for you since I heard about you. And then uh, and then we get what his prayer list for them is. Um, so uh, let me just read the next couple of verses. And I'm just kind of, as I'm reading, just and you should do the same thing when you read, just kind of pick out what are the important words here. Um, so here's his prayer. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So the first thing he's praying for them is, is for knowledge. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. He's concerned um, that they grow in their understanding through the Spirit. Now, the background of this book of Colossians is that one of the reasons he's writing is he is trying to dispel um, some false teaching in the church that is centered around uh, this do- a doctrine of having certain people having special knowledge. Um, it's a special knowledge that um, that is an end to itself that that people can seek. Um, but Paul is is proactively praying for the true knowledge that the Spirit gives, and so that's the source of this concern. And, he, and so he prays that they would have knowledge. But it's a great thing for us to pray for one another. The Spirit is there to grant wisdom and knowledge, and we need to pray for that for one another. Verse 10, um, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. 
right? So he's, he's praying for knowledge, but it's not knowledge just for the sake of knowledge. It's a knowledge that, um, that makes a difference in the way we live. Did you catch that? He says uh, this knowledge so that you may live a life worthy uh, and please God in every way. So this knowledge leads to obedience. Um, there is, uh, this kind of reminded me of 1 Corinthians in his letter there. He talks about the fact that knowledge puffs up. Sometimes when we gain knowledge, there's a, a pride that comes along with that knowledge um, that is, is a danger for believers. It's been a danger in my life, honestly. Um, and so with, with knowledge, we need to have, have that tempered with humility. To me, there's a falseness about knowledge um, that once it's acquired kind of leads to pride, but there's an authenticity in knowledge that is acquired that leads to life change. In other words, if you're really acquiring um, knowledge, it should make a difference in not just the way you think, but the way that you live. So for believers, our knowledge should bring us to a closer walk with God and to be more fruitful. So listen to that verse again with that thought in mind so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, and again, growing in the knowledge of God. All right, here's the next verse. Let's look for key words here. He says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience. Uh, the word that stuck out to me here was power. He's praying for their strength, strengthened in all power. Um, to me, he sort of has this parental feeling towards um, these believers that he's never met, uh, and yet he sees that their future is going to bring them challenges, and they need strength uh, to be able to persevere and endurance and patience for the journey of life um, that is ahead of them in, in Christ Jesus. So he doesn't take that for granted. That makes his prayer list. He prays for their strength, and he prays for their power. And then in verse 12, the next verse, he says, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So now he's praying that they will be thankful, that they will have joyful thanks. That, um, so we've kind of come full circle here. He says he is thankful when he prays for them. And then he's prays several things. Again, knowledge, obedience, and power, and strength. And yet none of that is complete until they also, like him, have a thankful heart, until they begin to express uh, thanks back to God about what, what he is doing. We need to be a thankful people. We need to be knowledgeable and obedient and strengthened, but we need to, need to have a thankful heart to the Lord. To me, I think the prayer list ends there, but verse 13 is just too awesome not to read. So listen to this verse. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Well, that sounds like um, a sentence that could summarize an action movie, right? A cool story. He has, God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. That's, that's a hallelujah moment right there. Um, it is, it's a cool picture of the gospel. Um, how God is, is the hero in this picture, and he is rescuing us who couldn't rescue ourselves um, through the ministry of his son Jesus. And he's bringing us from dire circumstances, impossible circumstances, into uh, his family, into the kingdom of the son that he loves. Man, it's a beautiful picture of what God does for us. Hey, so uh, whether you're an inmate or you are free on the outside but, but a prisoner on the inside, 
you can make a difference in somebody's life by praying. Let's, let's learn to pray like Paul does. Let's reach out and give thanks to the Father for the, the people that we know that are brothers and sisters uh, and what they're going through. And then pray for them. Pray for their knowledge, for their obedience, and for their strength as, as they live this life that we jointly live together. Thanks for joining me today on Choir Talks. Hope you have a great week. Let me pray this over you. Father, Lord, I, I pray for these friends who are listening and watching today. God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, God, that, that you would strengthen them, Lord, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would open their eyes, God, the, the eyes of their heart to see and know and understand who you are, to understand your great love for them, to understand your will for them and, and uh, what you're doing in the world right around them, and to understand what, what they should do to please you, Father, and then give them or the grace to be obedient to you. Father, I pray also, God, that, um, Lord, they'd be a thankful people, God, that they'd recognize the good that, that you are doing in their lives. And, Father, as they, as they strive for the gospel, as they work toward um, growing your kingdom, God, I pray that you give them perseverance, that you give them the strength that they're going to need. Bless these who are listening today and seeking you, God. I ask it in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, wh whatever, however you found us, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or SoundCloud or uh, Spotify or Apple um, iTunes uh, podcast, however you found us, I hope that you'll follow uh, so that you can get our, our weekly podcast. Have a great week.